Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Universal Freemason Podcast. And as always, I am your host, J.T. Asher. I'm president and founder of the Universal Freemason Research Society, which is a nonprofit educational organization dedicated to teaching Masonic philosophies to the masses as a means to improve society. (laughs) So no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you believe in, or if you have no set belief system at all, no matter your gender, you are welcome here. And out of thousands of podcasts you could be listening to, I am glad, so glad, you have chosen to listen to this one. Okay, it's good to be back producing a new episode. I'm hopeful you have had a wonderful month since our last episode. I hope you've had uh, minimal setbacks and roadblocks along your way. Um, I know times are tough and everyone's on edge right now, uh, so hopefully uh, you're finding some peace in your life without too much stress and anxiety. Um, and that's a tough road to hold right now, I know. Um, so uh, we're hanging in there too. Um, and things have been pretty good here in the Asher household, actually. Um, uh, we're pretty stable these days. Um, no uh, big health emergencies that I often report uh, in between podcasts, thankfully. And uh, you know, we're looking to keep things that way, uh, you know, after so many years, actually, of the uh, in and out of hospitals for me and my wife, Uh, but so far so good this year, Uh, and I hope it continues to to be stable. I would like to uh, give all of you who take time to listen to this podcast a very humble and sincere thank you as I I start episode three here. It's because you listen, and we have Anchor Podcast app as a sponsor. Uh, We were able to pay uh, our very minimal fees to carry on our mission as a nonprofit uh, in the state of Utah. Um, This included the uh, the tax prep fees to file our 1099-N to the federal government, uh, which I think was... $19, $19, and uh, and then we pay about a $10 fee to renew our business license for the state of Utah as a nonprofit. Um, so this was handily paid out of our sponsorship money. So our board of directors, who are all volunteers, including myself, um, we none of us take any salary. Uh, we were able to pay this this year uh, from the sponsorship bank account instead of our own pockets. Um, uh, And don't get me wrong, we've been very grateful and glad to do that in the past. It's a nominal fee, as I say. But the uh, fact that you care enough to listen out of so many other podcasts you could be listening to, uh, you come to this one, that was able to pay our fees. So thank you so much. Um, And as I mentioned, we here at Universal Freemason Research Society, we keep everything very, uh, as low cost as possible. Um, One of the, 
when Universal Freemason Research Society was created, we set out to make sure that there was never needing to be a call for donations and or anything to join or anything like that. That was something that I was adamant about when I started this. And I had a member or two on the board of directors that didn't like that idea. They they felt that we should have something to join and um, things like that. And uh, one of my directives were, I, I, I'm not interested in having to do these calls for money all the time and have this big thing. I want to keep it very small and reach as many people as we can as a small troop. And so that's what, so far, so good. You know, that's what we've been um, able to maintain. Uh, sponsor, uh, our sponsor, um, Anchor Podcast app, has they pay us a penny a play um, to have the their ad on our episodes. And um, so we've had, you know, we made about $100 and that goes directly back into, like I say, paying for, um, paying to stay a nonprofit. So there's certain licenses and fees and everything you have to do to maintain that. Anyway, thank you. Um, just want to say thank you for that. Uh, on a serious note, and uh, in the meantime, I want uh, everyone to know that um, we we uh, here at Universal Freemason. Uh, we hold our fellow world citizens in Ukraine in our uh, utmost thoughts and are eternally hopeful for their safety and the safety of the rest of the world as we also hope for the preservation of democracy everywhere. It is a dangerous time we live in, and all of us must be vigilant regarding those who choose to replace peaceful de democracies with authoritarian rule. And uh, it seems like we might be witnessing uh, at least the latest skirmish in a series of battles uh, regarding how much longer the ideals of liberty, equality, and fraternity will prosper. And right now, uh, Ukraine is on the front line there. And so uh, our hopes are... Uh, that um, everyone remains safe and you will help uh, democracies everywhere prosper. Hang in there. All right. And uh, when we come back from a word from our sponsor, as I mentioned, it's Anchor Podcast app, <laughs> we will once again take a look at Manly P. Hall's The Lost Keys of Freemasonry and uh, what he refers to as the great work of Freemasonry going to be very interesting. This is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I will be right back. <laughs> and I am back and welcome back. Um, and before I begin our podcast proper. Uh, once again, uh, let me thank you all for 12,400 plays since March of 2020. Man, it, you know, it's, I was just going to say it, it seems like that when we began the podcast, things were in turmoil 
that March as well. And so we're just now getting out of um, March of 2022 and nothing much has changed. Um, we were actually dealing here in uh, Salt Lake City with an earthquake at the same time. <laughs> so we had the pandemic and the earthquake. So it was crazy. Um, anyway, uh, I, I do remain humbled by your interest. We had uh, 354 plays and counting of our last episode. I think when I started to record this episode, we were up to about 357, uh, which is a, a good Masonic number to start a new episode on. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that we can all get together here with the podcast, no matter what our backgrounds are, no matter where we come from. Mason, uh, lodge member, uh, non-Mason, no lodge member, doesn't matter everyone's welcome. I'm glad we can all get together here and at least uh, consider different ideals um, and different viewpoints. And, you know, as I mentioned way back two years ago, uh, I don't expect that that everyone listening to me is going to agree with everything that I say, uh, but I hope that at least I add a new perspective to what you might be thinking. And if you would love to communicate with me about something that you might not agree with and uh you know and we can have a discussion in a a civil manner i'm i'm always welcome to uh, know how i can improve uh, any way that i can improve uh please um take some time to direct message me either through uh, through anchor podcast app here or uh at you freemason on twitter and I'll be happy. I'm always happy to respond. And if it's something that we feel like we need to bring out in the open, um, I'm happy to discuss it on a future podcast. So uh, episode. So so please don't hesitate to reach out. And uh, as I say, thank you very much for being there. Out of the thousands of other podcasts you can listen to, you you come here. Thank you, Manly P. Hall. So. Um, I was in my early path towards learning more esoteric spirituality when I discovered the likes of Manly P. Hall and uh, also Albert Pike. Now, I actually discovered uh, discovered Pike first uh, with Morals and Dogma, and I was just enthralled with that. And knowing that... A good mentor, a friend of mine that was in my life at at that time, uh, recommended to me to start looking for and reading Manly P. Hall. And very first work that I read of Manly P. Hall was indeed the called the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. And you've you've heard me talk about this several times on the podcast if you've listened for for a while. I think one of our first podcasts, we actually uh, delved into some of the Lost Keys of Freemasonry then. And so right now, we're kind of taking a break from Pike, and and I wanted to talk about a few things from the Lost Keys of Freemasonry today, and then we'll go back into uh, Albert Pike's magnum opus probably uh, next month when we do the new podcast. But... um, so anyway, he recommended I I I read uh, Manly P. Hall. I discovered the Lost Keys of Freemasonry, and the way that 
I've mentioned several times the way that Manly P. Hall likes to write about Freemasonry is very poetic, very allegorical, and and he does he does it also in an esoteric manner, um, and really draws you in once you begin to read the way he felt about Freemasonry. Now, um, Manly P. Hall liked to talk about Freemasonry as being uh, the great works and Freemasonry having great works within it. And um, he preached the, the, the valor of the great work. Now, Manly P. Hall also realized, as I do, that um, Freemasonry is observed in many ways. So as, as much as he liked to lean towards the esoteric side, and as much as he liked to, to lean towards uh, the allegorical side and the poetic side and, and really bump up the ideals of Freemasonry in that manner, we also know that, you know, Freemasonry is observed in, in many other ways. And every person who practices Freemasonry have their own reasons why they do so. And we must also agree, I'm going to say, I don't wouldn't say must, but I think that we should agree <laughs> that um, none of those reasons why people practice Freemasonry um, should be considered incorrect. And the reason why I say that they shouldn't, no way to, that there is no wrong way to practice your Freemasonry um, is because when we start to instill a certain dogma into that which is a spirit, and it's a spirit of hope and love and peace, and that's what Freemasonry is. And Masonic ritual is designed to help us to tap into that spirit. So when we start to dogmatize the spirit of hope and love and peace, then we start to attempt to own that which cannot be owned. And then we begin to poison it with our less than perfect human understanding. So, um, so you know, if we dogmatize it, often we will we will say, well, the way he's practicing his Freemasonry or the way they're practicing their Freemasonry is no good because it's not the way that I think that it should be practiced. And this is that becomes dangerous. And then you end up into all these little factions, and, and really we're sort of there now uh, in a lot of ways with Freemasonry. There are a whole lot of different ways and reasons why people join. And some is just for the social aspects, and some are, you know, to help enhance their, their own spiritual or esoteric path. And for me, it's the latter. Now, I know that many people love the social part of it. Um, they love to get together and, you know, and, and, and do the festive boards and, you know, meet up after. And that's great. That's a good part. The fraternal part of Freemasonry is excellent. I'm, I, I'm not that altogether an extremely social person. So that part doesn't always tend to work for me. So I tend to do a lot of study and reading on my own. And then I also tend to like to, I love to teach what I've learned. And I love to give my spin on what I think um, one of the greats in Freemasonry have 
you know have uh, have a spouse. So so that that's where I I prosper. Um, so we just have to remember that the spirit of Freemasonry it welcomes all who wish to partake in the works. Uh, so long as the reasons are harmonious and pure uh, as is as is possible. So if 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 you're into Freemasonry and your intentions are harmonious and pure of heart, uh, the spirit of Freemasonry will welcome you. <laughs> so, um, and uh, but if you're in it for other reasons, if you're in it for fame to to gain um, monetary, uh, whatever, it's not going to work out. Um, a lot of people go broke um, being Freemasons, okay? <laughs> There's a lot of clubs to join and a lot of books to buy um, and a lot to learn. And, and so if you have the time, patience, energy, are harmonious and are looking to um, contribute to society, uh, no matter what, why you're into Freemasonry, if it's par partially, if it's those reasons, you will prosper in it. So, okay, I ramble. So Manley P. Hall talked about the great works of Freemasonry. And uh, so what are they? So what did he have to say and what are the great works, so-called? Are the great works part of partially the fellowship and the getting together? I think that's some of it. Uh, you know, are the great works um, the charitable contributions and raising money? Uh, yeah, that's part of it too. But let's read, let's read what he had to say. He wrote uh, in The Lost Keys of Freemasonry, Manley P. Hall wrote that the true Mason is not creed-bound. And I'm going to stop there on that first sentence and go back to what I was just saying. We cannot dogmatize Freemasonry. The true Mason is not creed-bound, he writes. And he goes on to say, he realizes with divine illumination of his lodge that as, um, excuse me, let me start over. The true Mason is not creed-bound. He, real, he realizes with the divine illumination of his lodge that as Mason, his religion must be universal. Christ, Buddha, or Muhammad, the name means little, for he recognizes only the light and not the bearer. He worships at every shrine, bows before every altar, whether in temple, mosque, or cathedral, realizing with his truer understanding the oneness of all spiritual truth. All true Masons know that they only are heathens who, having great ideals, do not live up to them. They know that all religions are but one story told in diverse ways for people whose ideals differ but whose great purpose is in harmony with Masonic ideals. North, east, east, south, and west stretch the diversities of human thought. And while the ideals of man apparently differ, when all is said and the crystallization of form with its false concepts, concepts is swept away, one basic truth remains. All existing things are temple builders, laboring for a single end. No true mason can be narrow, for his lodge is the divine expression of all broadness. 
there is no place for little minds in a great work. That's Manley P. Hall from The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. And I love where he says that there's no place for little minds in a great work. So uh, let's expand a little bit and say, well, what constitutes a little mind? What is a little mind? Now, I'm going to surmise that a mind that is steeped in dogmatism or the belief of possessing the truth, so this mind being unwilling to consider there are many other truths, but the truth they behold, that's probably, you know, there's, <laughs> they're unwilling to consider that there are any other truths except for the truth they behold, is what I meant to say, excuse me. And that's probably an example of a little mind. No truth but my truth. That's, that's probably a good example. A mind full of prejudice or hatefulness is probably a little mind. Um, you know, sure, human being is blinded by uh, many times by their own biases. So we all have biases, but uh, to act on the biases and to, to hold on to unfounded prejudices, that's not conducive for being a builder in a great work of Freemasonry. So we must identify those biases and work towards ridding ourselves of the biases that have no good reason to be carried around in our psyches, you know. Masons might refer to this as chiseling away at, at the rough edges. And uh, yeah, Manley P. Hall also wrote uh, in, that, uh, in that paragraph that um, all true Masons know that they are only heathens who, having great ideals, do not live up to them. <laughs> Isn't that humbling? You know, um, I've often said that um, the greater the ideal the more I would falter in its practice. And uh, a good example of this in, in my own life is recently I discovered a book called Everyday Holy Day. And I, I discovered that at the first of the year. It was January. And, uh, and, and what, it, what Everyday Holy Day is, it's a book written to help the reader achieve a daily practice of uh, what is known as, in Judaism as the um, Musar Meditations. And this works by for five days to focus on an aspect where we fall short in thought uh, and to journal about what you notice by focusing on that aspect. So uh, an example is week one, uh, where you were to write on some eight by or three by five cards and you write down uh, the first meditation, which was awaken to the good and give thanks. Um, and what that was meant to do was to help the mind free itself from negativity and, you know, and realize what the good is around you. And Lord knows I needed some help with that. And, you know, after being what I went through in, in, at work uh, last year and uh, all of the non-glory that that brought me. So I was becoming very negative about a whole lot of things. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Week one, I, I, I made those cards with that meditation written on it, awaken to the good and give thanks. And I kept one in my work vehicle. I kept one in my personal car. I put one on my mirror where I brush my teeth every day, every morning and get ready. And I'd look at that and I'd repeat it. And I'd say it out loud. 
and it worked pretty good. You know, I, I even started the journal and wrote down uh, every, every night at the end of the night and the end of my day, I would write down what was, you know, what I was learning from awaken to the good and give thanks. <laughs> worked great. Feeling great. My mindset was changing. Then all of a sudden I just stopped and I did that for two or three meditations and I just stopped. I got lazy and I quit. And there was a high ideal left in the heap of laziness, <laughs> like so many. And uh, and we do that, don't we? Um, you know, as humans, we do this a lot. We fail a lot of times to pursue what's best in ourselves because it's a lot of work. And uh, we're happy to maintain the status quo. So the higher the ideal, the more apt to fail. But we must not stop. We must not stop. I need to get back to those meditations that was helping me so much, and I know that. Now, we must keep on with the pursuit of, of these great ideals unless society suffers from the laziness of, of a whole generation. So, you know, the great work of Freemasonry is hard work. It's the hard work. It's, it's the raising money for charity. It's the lifting up of those who are weaker than we are. It's accepting those who mean society no harm, but are different than we are. They might act or speak differently or behave differently or believe differently. They look different. You know, we have to find out how we, what we, can we do to accept this, you know, and make that a part of our strength and not a part of our weakness. So, you know, the greatest work in Freemasonry just might be the deep dive that we take into our individual souls and to question ourselves as to why we don't readily hold out a hand of acceptance. You know, while we change our ways and, and try to be more accepting, the deep dive and a lot of work to do that, to change our own minds and our own heart uh, and be accepting to those not like ourselves. It takes time, and it takes fraternal love, and that is the great work of Freemasonry, fraternal love and the time it takes to express it. And we can't be lazy. If we're going to improve society, we cannot be lazy, when we must constantly be at work to improve ourselves. And one of the ways I'm going to do that is get back to those meditations. <laughs> that was helping. Okay, and with those words, I'm going to conclude episode three. I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here and listening to my rambles. Much appreciated, so much. Um, and please be sure to follow me on Twitter, at UFreemason. Don't hesitate to direct, direct message me there, and uh, I'll be glad to meet you and to know you, and I always respond to those direct messages. Until next time. Go in peace, so mote it be.